0: The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com.
1: The Bill Myers Show is on 1063-KMED and 99.3-KCMD.
0: Twelve after seven. Always proud to have and and, and always a pleasure talking with Dr. John Lott. Dr. John Lott, of course, uh, is an economist, world-recognized expert on guns and crime and founder of the Crime Prevention Research Center, and that's crimeresearch.org. Dr. Lott, it's always a pleasure. Welcome back to the show. Good morning.
2: Oh, oh, It's great to talk to you again, Bill. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, the Uvalde school shooting report came out the other day, and it uh, I don't know if it's just something just sort of uh, typical of uh, the final reports of these kind of events, but it kind of came and went in the news cycle. Would you agree with that? It didn't get a lot of attention, in my opinion. Did you think it got it? Well, got a lot? Were,
2: I mean, it got it did get some, but I agree it it uh, didn't get a huge amount. Okay. And uh, but there was nothing new in it. I mean, the it's two years after the event. Uh, the state of Texas had already put out their own report uh, and their own report. I mean, uh, maybe you can find much different in there. But the only thing I could find different is that uh they made a big deal about an AR15 uh style rifle that mm-hmm. was there yeah uh and uh you know and calling it an assault weapon uh but beyond that i really couldn't see anything the issues with regard to the police uh, the failures for them to go and enter uh, uh where the shooting was occurring
0: and to yeah, me, that was the uh, the, the, all, yeah, all... the the biggest dereliction of duty was right there, right? You know, of 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 everything we could be talking about, it was the lack of uh, fortitude, or of going in there and helping to save the kids, right? I mean, that's the way I would see it. What about you?
2: Right. No, I, I mean, I don't think there's been much debate about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, surely the state of Texas has gone after that, and you've had firings and other things that have happened uh, with the police department there, but. Look, I mean, it's one thing uh, for people to kind of run into where bullets are being fired uh, as opposed to kind of protecting yourself from somebody who's coming after you. And, uh, you know, we all, particularly police, you kind of expect them to be able to take those types of risks. but. You know, people are human, and I guess you can understand to some extent. But there are a number of officers who begged to go in there, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, their supervisors uh, were ordering them to stand down.
0: Is that a bit of a paralysis analysis? You think in some cases where you, where, you know you you almost freeze, not wanting to make a decision?
2: I. You know, it's, I, I can't really get into people's minds there, mm-hmm. but that's surely a possibility. Yeah, you know? I know
0: you're a numbers guy. You, you, you look at data instead. I know that I'm asking for a speculation. <laughs> Not, uh,
2: but, uh, but I, I mean, w- sure. I mean, I can understand you have a huge decision to be made and people procrastinate on making decisions because they don't want to make the wrong one. But, you know, it's uh, obviously in hindsight and. Hopefully at the time, uh, you know, you and I would have made different decisions than they did. Yeah, it's
0: always easy to Monday morning quarterback that, too. Uh, Dr. John Lott, Jr., you have a uh, a story, or not a story, rather, an op-ed piece here. And it's on a uh, real clear policy, too, which I think is, uh, I wanted to bring some people's attention to. It's called The Truth About Mass Shooting. So even though there's this, uh, you know, what happened with Uvalde, tragedy, uh, a lot of uh, incompetence probably, uh, too, you know, at blame. But there is one thing we can agree on here is that the media will tend to and, and this is what the, the case you're making in the truth about mass shootings, the media is always attempting to make the case that the AR fifteen style rifle, the AR fifteen uh, you know, semi automatic rifle is the uh, is the is the weapon of choice for anybody wanting to do bad stuff in this society. Would that be something we can all probably agree on there? that That's what they're going to try to spin this on. And the facts don't match that, do they?
2: Right. Well, I mean, it's just not the media. Uh, obviously, uh, Biden, for example, and others have, you know, keep pushing the claim that uh, that, you know, this is the type of weapon that's the most deadly in terms of mass public shootings and the most frequently used. And and when those are used, the media concentrates on it a much more than when other types of weapons. And in fact, if, as you say, if you look at the data, if you look at all the mass public shootings in the United States from 1998 on, what you'll find is that uh, well, only about 16.8% of these mass public shootings involved only a rifle, of any type of rifle, Air 15 or whatever. Um, over half, uh, like some like fifty-four percent, involved only uh, a handgun of some type. Um, so, uh, you know, even if you add uh, a rifle with a handgun or a rifle with a shotgun or all three types of weapons involved, you still only get to about thirty percent of the attacks involving uh, involving a, a handgun and I mean a rifle and of Mm -hmm. any type in any way. So the vast majority uh, of
0: it is what you're saying, though, is is still handgun, right? The handgun.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. It's like 80% involve a handgun in some way, and over 50, like 54% involve involve solely a handgun. So, I mean, that's... uh, But, you know, also, if you look at the deadliest shootings, the deadliest shootings aren't the ones that involve solely a rifle. The deadliest shootings are the ones that involve multiple types of weapons, handguns and uh, rifles and shotguns. Mm-hmm. Dr. Lott,
0: there is uh, something that you, uh, a point you made in this real clear policy piece that uh, I thought was interesting. And and it was that the vast majority of these so-called mass shootings are not, uh, they don't happen without another crime being involved or they're usually part of another crime but you don't hear about that. Like you talk about all the shootings in Chicago and the various other big urban hive mines. Would that be fair? Is that kind of where you were going with this?
2: Right. Well, let's see. OK, so what, what usually happens after you have these mass public shootings is, uh, you know, uh, President Biden or, or the media will go and say, you know, we've just had uh, the attack in Lewiston, Maine, or you've had Uvalde. And then they'll say so far this year or over the last year, there's been 550 or there's been 600 of these uh, mass shootings. And, it, and the implication to most people seems to be, well, we've had, uh, you know, 600 similar types of attacks. That's simply incorrect. I mean, uh there's a big difference there, really, in apples and oranges comparisons. So and the numbers that they get for this 550 or 600 are from a gun control group called the Gun Violence Archive. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so people know, about a year and a half ago, it came out that the Gun Violence Archive had been one of the gun control groups lobbying the Centers for Disease Control to remove estimates from their website on defensive gun uses because the gun violence archive was arguing that uh, the CDC having estimates on defensive gun uses on their website made it more difficult for them to go and pass the types of gun control laws that they wanted to get passed.
0: So they have their bias. Really? They, their Their goal then is to actually just uh, disarm the populace is what they want to do. Okay.
2: Yeah, right. But, I mean, it's not an appropriate argument to make to the Centers for Disease Control, which is supposedly a scientific organization, that they should be consider, considering, you know, uh, uh, what types of laws can get passed in terms of whether or not to put out information or not. It should be, is the information right or wrong? Mm-hmm. But beyond that, the way the Gun Violence Archive defines uh, mass shootings is – Technically, they say four more people injured and/ or killed, and injured doesn't even involve necessarily people who were shot. but they actually will include cases that have three people injured uh, in their in their count and but even more importantly is that about eighty percent of their cases involve gangs, drug gangs fighting against each other over drug turf. And most of the rest involved robberies. Now, Uh, so uh, that's kind of
0: what I was getting back to, is that most of what they're citing then as a gun violence problem is just a violent crime problem in these various cities. I
2: mean, look, the, the the bottom line is the causes and solutions for stopping drug gangs from fighting against each other over drug turf are very, very different from going and stopping somebody from going into a mall or a movie theater or or some other place, simply to go and kill as many innocent people as possible. And, And the media treats them differently, as you mentioned, Chicago. So the media may say there are 28 shootings in Chicago over the weekend, but they don't give coverage on each of the stories that are there because you're overwhelmingly talking about drug gangs fighting against each other over drug turf. And the media knows that two gangs, drug gangs, fighting against each other just doesn't create the same interest well, on the part of the public. Well, well, the other like going and trying. To-
0: well, there's another aspect to this too that I would dare say, Doctor. A lot is that when you hear about uh, rival gang-banging uh, drug gangs, you know, in your neighborhood, you're more likely to think, you know, it may not be such a bad idea for me to uh, arm myself too, just in case. In my neighborhood, right. it actually would tend to uh, drive the narrative uh, of the need to be able to defend yourself in those neighborhoods, too. And and maybe that's why they don't want to cover it to the same extent, I guess.
2: Well, I mean, I, I guess I would say when you have these mass p- public shootings and these guys seem to pick these gun-free zones uh, virtually always for doing it. Right. Uh, you know, you see a big increase in interest in concealed carry afterwards, too. Yep. So I don't know if that it would make a big difference there. I mean I understand what you're saying, but the uh, um, you know people you know you, you so for example uh the October seventh attack in Israel where you had the terrorists come in and 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 shoot up people at the at the concert and other things uh Israel had over the years tightened you know, significantly, their gun control laws, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who wish that somebody was armed uh, at the concert there. And immediately afterwards, Israel dramatically loosened up its uh, gun control laws. And, uh, you know, it's just when you have these types of terror attacks, and I'm not really sure what else to call these mass public shootings. uh, You know, you, people want to be able to protect themselves. These killers, May be crazy in some sense, but you and I have talked about many times. They they want to commit suicide, but they want to get media attention, and they know the more people they kill, the more media attention that they're going to be able to get. And so, they go to a place where they know their victims can't defend themselves because they realize it will be easier for them to go and uh, and kill lots of people and get media attention than if they go to a place where their victims might be able to defend themselves, particularly victims with concealed handguns that they can't identify beforehand who will be able to protect themselves.
0: Right. Dr. John Lott, Crime Prevention Research Center is his uh, his main website, crimeresearch.org. The uh, conclusion on your real clear policy op-ed, though, is uh, is very sound, though, because media, though, wishes to convince us or 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 condition us to think that mass shootings like Uvalde are actually quite common but that's not the reality right i just want to be clear the data shows yeah, it yeah, very right. clearly
2: right look right look i mean everybody gets i mean nobody wants anybody to get killed even rival drug gang members fighting against each other but you know how you're going to stop drug gangs fighting against each other or getting weapons is very different than than what you're going to do to dissuade somebody from public places simply with the notion of trying to kill as many people as possible. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, though, that when you when you take Uvalde type uh, tragedies and then you combine it with all the 80, 90 percent of the drug gang banging and violent crime right. and robbery statistics, it certainly makes your gun control statistics uh, look a lot better. Right. You know, that's what that's all. Oh, about. yeah,
2: sure. Well, mm-hmm. look, if you look. Over the years from 1998 through the end of this last year, there were between one and eight of these mass public school shootings or mass public shootings. So if you define a mass public shooting as four more people killed in a public place, not involving a drug gang fight over turf or a robbery, you're talking about between one and eight a year. On average, it's a little bit over three a year that's occurring there. So I mean, I rather than three, an average of three plus a year, I'd rather it be zero. But it's a lot different than the five hundred and fifty or six hundred uh, that the Gun Violence Archive is putting out. And the media, the media just unquestionably uh, uses the Gun Violence Archive numbers. They never, uh, you know, all the major news media outlets from, uh, you know, you know ABC, CBS, NBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times. All of them uh, constantly reference uh, the gun violence archive. None of them ever identify them as a gun control group. None of them uh, go and explain uh, what's included in their numbers. They just say, you know, we've had uh, a mass public shooting, you know, like Uvalde or whatever, and there's 550 or 600 of these that have occurred over the last year.
0: All right. Dr. John Lott Jr. is uh, with me once again. I appreciate your take on it. Great piece on on Real Clear. And uh, we'll link to that, but also crimeresearch.org. It's good to know. Thank you so much for having been on, and we will always have you back. Keep doing the research because the data is important. Thanks for the call there, doctor. Be well.
2: All right. Thank
1: you.
0: It's 728 at KMED-KCMD.
1: Are you adventure ready? Oregon Truck and Auto Authority is your source for overlanding, off-road, and outdoor lifestyle products. Featuring quality options for rooftop tents, racks, bumpers, winches, and recovery gear. LED lighting, dual battery systems, onboard compressors. Cargo cases, coolers, and refrigerators. They also offer camp stoves, scuttles, fire pits, tables, and chairs, so you're prepared once you've reached your destination. Stop by Oregon Truck and Auto Authority, your department of adventure. If you farm and ranch, there's always an off-season to-do list. Two Dogs Fabricating can check some of those boxes so you're ready for spring. Two Dogs expertly repairs busted equipment, fabricates new implements to meet specific needs, and modifies and strengthens your current stuff to extend its life with expert shop work to avoid time-consuming field repairs. Two Dogs fabricates custom gates, too. So if you have an idea, sketch it out on a napkin and bring it in. We'll take care of the rest. Two Dogs Fabricating on Brian Way off Sage Road in Medford. Johnson Builders is the leading authority of post and frame construction in Southern Oregon and Northern California for over 20 years. Save on shops, garages, barns and covered riding arenas during their winter sale. For commercial, industrial or residential, they have you covered with the lowest pricing of the year while the winter sale lasts. Visit www.johnson.builders or check them out on Instagram at Johnson Builders Corp for ideas on your project. Financing available. Johnson Builders Building for your future. Coming up on the next Hughes Lumber. When 2 by 4s get together, only one thing can happen. Walls get built. Check out the studs, followed by contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Featuring lumber, hardware, and siding. Starring decks, additions, and ADUs. It's the return of home enhancements. But watch out for that naughty pine. Get the best build for your buck values at Hughes Lumber. Your top show for quality, price, selection, service. So don't miss Hughes Lumber on Crater Lake Highway next to Garrison's. One of each, Soul Vin 224482, MSRP 21615, 3500 due, Sportage Vin 69157, MSRP 3390, 4399 due, 10K miles per year, zero security deposit, all incentives and discounts to the dealer, plus tax, title, license, 150, registration, processing fee, trading in a vehicle, will not eliminate your debt, negative equity, applied to new loan balance, ends 13124. With brand new Kias starting at 159 a month, it's time to get more in 24 at Kia Medford. More savings, more selection, more for your trade. Rush in now, get a new 2024 Kia Soul LX Automatic, just $1. a month lease for a new 2024 Kia Sportage LX all-wheel drive. Only $199 a month lease, both for 24 months. Ready to get out of your current lease or loan? Once we make a deal, we'll pay off your trade no matter how much you owe. Need credit? Go to kiamedford.com to get free approved in less than 30 seconds with no effect on your credit score. Get more in 24 with Souls $159 a month. Sportages, $199 a month at Kia Medford. Click kiamedford.com.
0: KMED, KCMD News, sponsored by Millette Construction, specializing in foundation repair and replacement. Get on solid ground by visiting MilletteConstruction.com.
3: Good morning, I'm Marcus Veal with your MBC 5 morning news update. Josephine County Sheriff's Office made an arrest in connection with two stolen vehicles. Deputies attempted to conduct a traffic stop Tuesday on two stolen vehicles on Fish Hatchery Road when they increased speeds to get away. One vehicle got away while the other crashed while making a turn. It tried to get away, and the sheriff's deputies shot out a tire. The driver, 32-year-old Asa Martinson Squire, is facing a slew of charges, including unauthorized use of a motor vehicle, recklessly endangering another, and unlawful use of a weapon. Ashland had its annual town hall at SOU last night. Interim City Manager Sabrina Cotta joined Mayor Tanya Graham in hosting the event. The meeting celebrated last year's achievements with the different city departments and outlined what changes Ashland can expect moving into the new year. Mayor Graham says she's confident with the city that the city can meet its goals in 2024. Award ceremonies also took place for two prominent city volunteers, and the event ended the night with a raffle. The two-hour-long meeting also focused on volunteer opportunities and the importance of community connection. Mayor Graham says she wants the community involved in making improvements to Ashland moving forward. For local news anytime, you can head to our website, kobi5.com, or to our Facebook page, KOBITV, NBC5. And for NBC5 News, I'm Marcus Vio. Have a fabulous day.
4: This hour of the Bill Meyer Show is proudly sponsored by Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros and Full Service Auto Repair. Hi, it's Jolene at Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros. If you're wondering about the condition of your tires, stop in, and we'll check your tread level and give you an honest assessment on wear and your ability to navigate wet, slick roads. And if you need new tires, Phoenix Auto Center has a great selection of top brands like General, Hercules, Cooper, Continental. Falcon, Mastercraft, BF Goodrich, and more. For the best tire prices and service, see your local family owned Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros on Main in Phoenix.
1: Millette Construction has been a general contractor for 40 years. For the last 20 years, they've specialized in foundation repair and replacement. If you have sloping floors, cracks in walls, and windows and doors that are hard to open, you have a foundation problem that's only getting worse. At Millette Construction, they not only fix your foundation and level your house, they solve the water problem that's causing the damage. Get on solid ground. Call Millette Construction for a free estimate. Visit MilletteConstruction.com. CCB number 32787.
0: All those personal goals you set for
1: 2024 would be much easier to tackle if you're well-rested from a great night's sleep. And if one of those goals is to save money, get ready to clobber two canaries with one
5: whopper of a rock. Now, during the 17th anniversary sale at Garrison Sleep, get six years interest-free financing OAC on a new perfectly plush or fantastically firm mattress or get 25% off. Save today and sleep your way
6: through 2024. Garrisons.com.
0: This is Bill Meyer. I appreciate you waking up mornings with me six to nine on KMED and KCMD. But I get it, life can be busy. Sometimes you might miss a show or segment or what did that guest say again? And that's when you can catch up and stay current with my podcast. The last three months of shows are available for free download and sharing on KMED.com. Podcasts are sponsored by Clouser Drilling, and they're online at clouserdrilling.com. And thanks to Clouser, you can drill into what really happened on The Bill Meyer Show on KMED.com.
5: Hi, I'm Amber Rose from Siskiyou Pump Service, and I'm on 106.7 KMED.
0: 7.35. Congressman Cliff Bentz in studio. Congressman, great to uh, have you here. It's been a, a little while. Actually, nice to have you in studio talking about things. I guess uh, Congress is out of session this week. The Senate's in, and uh, there's uh, plenty of news coming out of the Senate that we were talking about this morning. I don't know if you'll have uh, an opinion on it or not, but uh, but welcome. Hopefully Southern Oregon has made you welcome. Uh, who have you been talking to? Anybody in particular that uh, we need to know about? Well,
6: so, uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show, sure. Bill. I really, really appreciate it. The... Um, Yesterday was a was a fun day. Went to spoke with your uh, Rotarians, and mm-hmm. uh, that was a, that was a great fun. Uh, your Builders Home Builders Association met with them, and ah,
0: uh, Brad, Bennington Brad and the it, group, and, went, yeah.
6: and that was that was mm-hmm. fun. I met with the, the military guys uh, down at one of your local restaurants. It was great fun, and, and I got to ask them their opinion on on uh, Ukraine, Taiwan, Israel. Uh, you know, former. And some still um, uh, active uh, military people; their their opinions are very very valuable to me, and they're the ones that help identify and uh, the select the folks that are going to go into the service academy, and the ones that want to go to West Point or want to go to Annapolis and those those uh, wonderful schools. So anyway, it's been great.
0: Okay, Congressman, uh, a lot of things uh, going on here with um, the budget. Of course, there was the uh, CR, and and of course you know that is, and we kind of term that. In the in the regular, you, you're kicking the can, right? You know, you're having to kick the can because you're not able to do uh, regular budgets in regular order, right? And you, I'm kind of curious, what really happens in a in a government shutdown? Why did it play out the way it did? Why is it uh, becoming next to impossible? I guess to actually get regular budgets passed by the House, going up to the Senate, getting approved, and everybody just kind of doing things regularly. The way it used to be done, oh i don 't know what thirty years ago, maybe forty years ago,
6: well you can trace most of it back um, to how few votes we have, so right now, the number of Republican votes in in the House is two hundred and seventeen. the number of Democrats two hundred and thirteen or fourteen, depending on the day. well, mm-hmm. it, that means that gives us a four or five vote majority that's it, and in to pass a bill takes two hundred and sixteen votes, and so Since we have 217 total Republicans, that means you have one vote to spare. That means you have to get all 216 Republicans to agree. And I mentioned before how hard it is to get a small group of people to agree. But that means if you have two people that disagree, then you're not going to move anything because the Democrats will not help you when it comes to those 12 budget bills. So you've got to get unanimous agreement, basically, of 216 people. Be nice to have two hundred seventeen, and that would be unanimous. But you could have that one off, uh, and, and and vote no. Well, that's extraordinarily difficult, and and so the issue that has slowed down the budget process has been a disagreement over the total amount to spend on discretionary spending. That's the spending that does not include does not include Medicare, Social Security, and to some extent, uh, military and veterans. But the the point is. If you have two people that disagree on any one of those 12 budgets, they don't move. Or if they, those, anybody out of our group wants to add a rider or another kind of an amendment to those bills, uh, and they do, sometimes in the hundreds of amendments to those, each of those 12 bills, then all of a sudden that creates more ground for disagreement. But the real issue that slowed down our budget process has been a disagreement over the total top-line amount that's going to be divided among those 12 committees. And that disagreement is what has pushed us clear past the beginning of the fiscal year, which was back mm. in October. And now we're, we're halfway through almost the fiscal year, and we still don't have those budgets passed.
0: It is essentially – this is what happens with gridlocked. Voting, you know, it's essentially it's a it's a gridlock. Uh, and the only way you're able to get anything passed am, am I understanding this, because I'm no expert on this. I look at from the outside, like a lot of other regular people and just kind of scratch my head. So, like, how does this happen? You know, And 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 then people will write me and they'll say, well, you know, come on. Cliff's got a majority there. And, and I will say, yeah, he's got maybe one or two, you know, and then everybody has to agree. So everybody has to agree. Yeah. First, uh, and trying to get 216 people to agree on most of uh, on any one thing is very, very difficult. Right. And all it, and, and by the way, you know, the one part we didn't even talk about is that the rules that say that, uh, what does it take, one or two uh, congressmen to uh, vacate the chair? Uh, one. The, uh, one. one. Yeah. So one person stands up and says, uh, Mike Johnson, you're out, right?
6: It, it, and that's it, all it takes. No, well, it calls for the vote. Yeah, it calls it, for it, the vote. Right. And, and <clears throat> keep in mind that if, unless the... Democrats are willing to help him stay in. It is only going to take a, a few. To, he's 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 going to be out, and so that that's what because this gets more complicated. But I don't want to go down that road because I don't think that's going to happen for a while. I think I think uh, everybody's still shell shocked after the McCarthy. Well,
0: event. my point with this though is that isn't uh, in spite of the uh, the best intentions of everybody involved, Speaker Johnson is essentially neutered, isn't he?
6: Well, so was McCarthy yeah after after in after the 15 votes to get mccarthy in there uh kevin had given away most of his power he gave it away to get those last uh few votes to get him over the finish line cuz mm-hmm. he too only i think had four or five votes to spare then wait four i think uh, he had to get everybody except four votes uh, in order to to be elected and so uh, in to get there after he would he, he would fail then he would come back and he would meet with those who voted against him and he would say, "Well, how would you like to be on the rules committee?" and I was going to be on the rules committee, but suddenly the position I had got given away to some other folks and and uh, that was how that whole process happened. But as it happened his the speaker 's power diminished not that he was that great anyway because of the incredibly modest number of uh, of, of uh, folks in excess of a majority but um, uh, the, your, your question had been what is slowing everything down? The answer is you know, we haven't agreed on a top-line number, the total amount to be divided among those 12 uh, committees. And, the and the we,
0: total amount of discretionary money. Exactly. The stuff point, that you, we,
6: right around $1.6 trillion.
0: Which is actually a, a small part of the budget overall, Of course. Right?
6: The, the total amount spent each year is $6 trillion. Okay. And this is $1.5 or $1.6 of that total number. Um, and so we, we're spending. By the way, we have about 4.2 trillion come in the door, and we have about 6.2 going out. So that's not where you want to be. Perfectly sustainable. Oh yeah, you bet. yeah. You bet That's why we're 33, 34 trillion in the hole.
0: All right. Is there actually a is there actually political will, bipartisan, to do something about this, or is it? Just because, uh, you know, when you only have one vote one way or the other, the Democrats control or the Republicans control or whatever it is, it's always going to be, okay, you want this, you're going to give me that. And then, uh, you know, I could could see that just... How uh, how it just is going to continue to bloat the budget one way or the other? You're going to keep things running.
6: Well, you have, remember we're talking about the, the discretionary budget, as you point out. Yeah. About 1.6 trillion out of the six trillion we're spending. One point, so it's a fraction. The rest of that is Medicare, Social Security, military, uh, and um, and veterans. Mm-hmm. So those four budgets make up about 85, 86 percent of the total budget. We're not talking about those. Well, we talk a little bit about the military part, but we certainly don't talk about Medicare or Social Security because it scares people, and it, and it should, because those are extremely important programs. And, and, and uh, the best that we can do as we look down the road about 10 years, we, uh, maybe less, we see a huge shortfall in the amount of money available to keep paying Social Security. And, and if we don't do anything then the reserves run out, mm-hmm. and we will see Social Security benefits drop by about 22%.
0: Yeah, but Congressman, from what, uh, the way it's been explained to me by uh, you know, people that are big on this, is that Medicare is worse.
6: Medicare is worse. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is, those are not being discussed except um, there's a, a hope that we'll put together a commission to study it. This would be, I think, the third one put together to study it, <laughs> oh, no. And because then they come out with a result And nobody wants to either talk about it or vote for it. And so it's been a huge victory to at least get people to talk about it because instantly you will be attacked by the other side saying, hey, you want to cut this, you want to cut that. You want to throw
0: grandma in the street. What you're trying
6: to do is say, look, if we don't do something, there's going to be just by virtue of running through all of the money, a a diminishment of Social Security benefits about 25 percent 10 years out. I think we should be talking about that and trying to fix it. But it's, uh, you know, repair it so we're not scaring people. And, and that's, uh, but that's, that is going to happen where I think we're going to see a commission getting back to the other side of the budget, the $1.6 uh, That is, uh, we hope we're going to start seeing movement next week of those 12 budget bills.
0: Okay. And that's when uh, the House is back in session. Correct. All right. Uh, Punchbowl News was reporting this morning. I'd mentioned this to you when you first uh, came in here about uh, Senator Mitch McConnell. And uh, and more or less, uh, you know, the turtle coming out and saying that uh, there's not going to be a border deal. And and I'm just going to read it to you, all right? Just get your reaction because I know the borders, but a big deal with you. And you made this very clear, okay? McConnell tells GOP senators that before border security talks began immigration policy, United Republicans and Ukraine aid divided them. Politics on this have changed, McConnell said, of solving the crisis at the border. That's because former President Donald Trump wants to run his 2024 campaign campaign focusing on immigration this is what the report says and mcconnell said of trump we don't want to do anything to undermine him that's what the report is uh, this morning which is uh, which is quite interesting now you know darn well that uh, mcconnell knows how to count votes you even even said that yourself probably the best uh, vote counter of of them all and yet didn't the house uh, go a long way to passing hr2 and, and and sending that i mean is this all dead and gone now what are your thoughts
6: on this? So HR two passed uh, a year ago almost. Yeah, um, I helped with a, an amendment to it, um, supported it. We passed it. It went to the Senate and it sat. Uh, we hope on the desk and not in the in the round file uh, uh, next uh, to Schumer's desk. Uh, mm-hmm. Or uh, we hope he actually still has it in front of him. He's ignoring it. He doesn't think that it could ever in its entirety pass. Uh, the Democrats and, uh,
0: he's I mean, probably right. He's though. probably right.
6: Yeah. Um, what's happened then is uh, Jim Langford, Senator out of Republican Senator out of Oklahoma, uh, was tasked by McConnell to try to work with the Democrats to put together some sort of a partial. I, mean, I hate to call it fix because I don't think it's even close uh, 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 to the border. Uh, what Langford came up with is absolutely not acceptable to we in the House. It is not. I think McConnell sees that and he's realizing that Langford's efforts are, are not are not going to work and and whether why he's choosing to bring Trump in as the focal point I don't really know we're, we're uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm I haven't talked to anybody on the Senate side about it I simply know that that which Langford has worked out is not going to work for uh, us in the house and and that's really uh, sad because we only control one half of one third of the government, we Republicans, and barely with a few votes that we and bar- have,
0: like you said, like it, it, one or two votes, right? Yeah,
6: but we have to do something on the border. I just returned, as, as you know, from my fourth trip to the border, and um, with with Speaker Johnson, the situation is ridiculously bad. It's a
0: gaping wound, is it, what it, it is. It's it's,
6: uh, it's bad uh, at every level. We have to do something about it. That would require seriously addressing the parole law that allows people to come in and out. At the administration's uh, wish, and then the asylum law. We need to have the remain in Mexico policy. We need, and these elements are all in HR two, but we're, uh, but the the Democrats are adamantly opposed. What this boils down to, Bill, is that that's this is one of the one of the many reasons I endorse Trump. If if Trump was president, we would see a immediate change. The president right now, Biden, with the stroke of a pen could reduce the number of people coming across the border by 70%.
0: With a stroke of a pan executive
6: order. Uh, 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 Reinstating the uh, remaining Mexico policy. Yeah.
0: Sure. All right. Uh, Do you think that McConnell's uh, McConnell's, uh, plan then to essentially help President Trump get elected, I know you endorse Trump, uh, so is this wise public policy right now to leave it a gaping wound right now?
6: Well, excellent question, but I haven't seen what it is that Langford has uh, created in his negotiations with the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard, but I haven't seen it uh, that he that the lid—if that's hardly the word for it—of people coming across the border would be reduced from somewhere a, around um, eight thousand a day to five thousand.
0: Oh, that's uh, great. Oh no! Yeah. It's 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 horrible. It <laughs> no, is awful. i been sarcastic. And, and, so,
6: okay. and then I could walk down through a series, but but these are what I have heard. I've not seen it, but but what I've heard is that which he has negotiated is nowhere close to what we actually need to try to get control of the border. Now now, why? Uh, uh, Leader McConnell has decided to. Uh, bring uh, Trump into it, I don't know. Uh, when I get back next week, I will. I, will, I will do want to talk about Mayorkas just briefly. Oh, okay. Uh, I, yeah. I sh- I,
0: um, yeah, this is uh, the the impeachment proceedings. Yes, so it is. where are we with that right now? Right.
6: So after we moved the uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's articles back to committee to fix them and include in those articles the crimes that Mayorkas has committed, in our opinion, because uh, MTG's articles only contain one broad phrase— not the specific crimes that we believe he has committed. And we got it back into committee. It's super important we get these articles right because once you've done them and get them passed across the floor, they go to the Senate. You can't amend them. So getting them right on the first step is is a necessary thing. We will, uh, my understanding is that on the 30th next week, those uh, revised and corrected articles will come out of that committee and go to the floor and Then, in the first two weeks of February, we will have a vote, as I understand it, on the impeachment of myarcus and But this time, the vote will be on a, uh, on a complete set of articles okay and by the way, in case people wondering i 'll be voting for it uh, i 've already already know I think we have a pretty good idea of what those crimes are, and, and he deserves to be impeached.
0: As far as, uh, border enforcement, uh, Texas is in a conflict right now with the United States government, with the federal government over the fact that they're just, Hey, you're not going to defend us. So we're going to defend ourselves down here. Is there any way that the Republicans in uh, Congress right now, even with a, a two vote majority might be able to neuter the federal government's response in going after Texas, at least for right now, you know, if, um, You know, if we're not able to fix this problem right now, at least allow uh, Texas to do what it can in order to defend itself. I don't know if there's any kind of methodology to this. But, you know, when you have the Democrats right now calling for the federal government to go and seize and take over the National Guard in Texas, that is not going to go well. It's just not. That's what's uh, happening right now. The
6: first thing uh – I hope all of those Democrats go down to the border, as I have, as I mentioned four times, and look at what's going on. It is, with tens of thousands of people coming across uh, into Texas, Arizona, California, uh, millions of people coming across, um, we have to do something. And for those poor states now shouldering the responsibility of health care and education and food and clothing and shelter, uh, it's... The burden is crazy in the billions. And so for the states to be unable to try to protect their own borders, you have to ask, what the heck? And you've just asked. And so uh, I haven't read the Supreme Court opinion that just came out, I think, last week, a, a, a saying that um, the federal agents could remove the, uh, the, the the razor wire put up by by Texas. Um, that, what that is, though, is a reflection of the fact that I believe the Constitution delegates to the federal government the responsibility for our borders, and so what they're basically saying is, uh, the federal government has this probably constitutionally, if that's correct. Like I have to read the opinion first, and then uh, Congress has little to say about that. And but more to the point,
0: but there is power for a, for a state to go to war to protect itself. That is in the uh, in the Constitution yes, also. Well, Yes, I I, yeah, I, 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 I sure don't I don't think I don't think there's a duty to allow your state to be destroyed. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to dispute that, but I sure okay. want to
6: look at the uh, the, at the Supreme Court opinion and see how they how they work their way through that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I will say that um, this this situation where um, a state is being put at risk by a failure of the president to to do his job it, it absolutely needs the attention of Congress. But I would go back to the fact that we Republicans control one half of one third of Congress. The rest is controlled by the Democrats. We have one half of the house. We control it, mm-hmm. but we don't control the Senate and we don't control uh, the, the presidency. So for us to say we can fix the problem between states and the federal government on the border, uh, unlikely be uh, given. And that takes us back to the shutdown, which I, I, if, if I may, mm-hmm. there's a number of my uh, fellow Republicans that very much want to shut down the government. And I've often said it's so easy to shut it down. It's extraordinarily hard to reopen it. In, so if, if we, and with our little modest majority, uh, decide we're going to shut it down, we have to have agreement among ourselves on what has to happen in order to reopen it. Because it'll take every one of us to vote to reopen it, and if several of us say no, no, we wanted way more than what we got, mm-hmm. then we can't get it reopened without Democrat votes, and that means. And then if you
0: get it open with Democrat votes, you're
6: going to be blamed. You're going to be gonna blamed be for you're working you're with a squish, the Democrats. You're a okay. yeah. So the point here is, if 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 we if Chip Roy gets up and he yells about how oh, my God we have to excuse me uh, by goodness we have to shut down the government, and and the proper question to Chip is Chip. Do you have an agreement among all 216 of us on how we're going to reopen it? And his answer would be no, because he doesn't have an agreement. I guarantee it because he hasn't talked to me. He hasn't talked to 90% of us, but he's busy attacking those of us who go, wait, before we shut it down, how are we going to reopen it? By the way, when you shut it down, military doesn't get paid. The military does not get paid. Two million people. And they're not getting a check. And how are they paying their bills? Many of them with credit cards. What's the interest rate? Pretty high. When they finally, 25%, 20%, 15%. When they do get their money two months from now, whenever we finally get the thing reopened, do they get that interest? Probably not. No, not probably not. They don't. Mm -hmm. And so for people to come in and say, we're just going to shut her down and everybody's going to have to shoulder the burden, including the military, you go. And by the way, munitions manufacture stops. Why? No inspectors. And so the kind of stuff oh, – and you know those lines at the airport, the mm-hmm. TSA lines? They get a lot longer because all of a sudden those people, they start taking vacations. Why? Because the Democrats tell them to. And what I'm trying to say here is when you're not in control of the government that's going to shut down, really tough. And I, I, I have this straight from Ryan Zinke, a good friend now, former Secretary of the Interior, who was there during the shutdown that uh, President Trump orchestrated. And Zinke is adamantly opposed to a shutdown. So for, forgive me for rambling on. It's just that, that this is a, one of those simplistic statements. Well, you need to use the power of the purse to shut down the government. You go, okay, we can shut it down. But please tell me, how are we going to get it reopened?
0: There has to be a plan to... Uh,
6: exactly. Okay. What,
0: and, and you have to be united on that plan. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're screwed. Okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. I think I understand that. All right. What should we be looking for next week with Congress going back into session? What is going to be the... The big story.
6: The big story is going to be, can we get together and start passing those appropriations, those 12? We passed up, about seven of them already. There's five left. But they haven't gone anywhere. They're waiting until we have the entire package to go to the Senate. Have we, have, do we, can we get our 216 votes to pass those remaining five appropriation bills? That's the big deal next week.
0: All right. Congressman, we appreciate you coming in. I know you have other places to go, and uh, I have a feeling that no doubt, no matter where you go, there's a, you know, the back of your hair is singed. Would that be uh, fair? <laughs> well,
6: uh, I'm happy to be here, and particularly on your show, to be able to explain as best I can where we are. And mm-hmm. then I'm gonna. And I'm, but I'm very happy to be here in the valley. Uh, it's, um, you have you have a wonderful, wonderful place here.
0: Okay, final question I'll have before you uh, take off and head over to k or wherever else I know you're making the rounds, would be, what about, um, I know you had your hearings a few weeks ago about the Snake River Dam. And I know it's one of these things where the, it's too late for the Klamath. We know that. We, we understand what has uh, been going on for this. It needed to be a battle that uh, was taking place 20, 30 years ago. Is there juice to protect the rest of the hydroelectric infrastructure here, including with the Columbia and the Snake River, or is this still on the chopping block, even after the hearings?
6: It's absolutely on the chopping block, and what we have to be doing and continue to do is call out as loudly as we can to the Biden administration and the environmental interest to take out all of the dams on, on those systems. That's, their, that's what they want to do, and, and no more dams. The, that's their goal, and that's why I was so happy to be chair of the, the Subcommittee on Water, Wildlife, and Fisheries to, to be able to call this out.
0: Okay. President Trump would, uh, or could... Put a big dent in this, correct? Huge. Okay. Point well taken. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks for dropping in, okay?
5: <laughs> Thank you, Bill.
0: Congressman Cliff Bentz, it is 758, KMED in KCMD.
5: Happy holidays from Collaborative Publishing Solutions. This holiday season, CollabPub would like to thank our sponsor, Team Senior Referral Services. Team Senior Referral Services can simplify your search for assisted living, memory care, and adult foster homes, in-home care, and home health. And their services are 100% free. Visit them online at teamsenior.org or call today at 541-295-8230. And thank you again for sponsoring Collaborative Publishing Solutions. Hey, 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 it's 2024, and I want to help you buy a new Ford or new-to-you certified pre-owned vehicle. Joel here from Butler Ford & Truck Center with the New Year discounts and low-rate financing. Let's make your new Ford F-150 XLT 4x4, where I've got 60-month financing at 3.9% 5500 in total discounts and rebates. One more time on that rate, three point nine for five years. That's how Ford trucks cost less in Ashland. I've got low rates and big discounts on Ford Escapes and red-hot Ford Bronco Sports. The Bronco is a fun one to drive. Come check it out for yourself and Ashland. I'll show you. I've got acres of Fords and certified pre-owned, so come down and we'll help you find the vehicle and payment that are, well, right for you. Remember, Butler says yes to low interest rates. Butler says yes to big discounts and rebates. Butler says yes to giving you more for your trade. Remember, Butler Ford and Truck Center. We're only 12 minutes south of Medford, right off of Exit 19, where you already know. We've got your truck, your SUV, your certified pre-owned, and electric vehicle. Discount after all four rebates and do a discount. 60-month $1,000 payments 18.37 for 1,000 financing.
0: credit. Stephen Westfall Roofing Inc. Southern Oregon's roofing experts want to serve you.
4: This family-owned and operated team of experts would love to help you feel safe with a long-lasting roof over your head. From estimate to install, you'll be amazed with the workmanship this team provides. New construction, re-roofing tile metal composition skylights and tunnels westfall makes it happen steven westfall roofing inc gets it done no more leaking no more squeaking safe and secure that's the westfall way call today ccb number 230804
1: 1063 kmed 99.3 kcmd and this is the bill myers show
0: Santa o'clock kmed kmed hd1 equal point medford kcmd grants pass brenda's here hello brenda and uh, I did not have time for calls for the congressman because I don't have a call screener in Gush. It's just you got 15 minutes. You just got to roll, you know. But uh, what would you have asked if you had a chance or commented on Well,
4: a couple of things. Uh, one is the Social Security and Medicare situation that we've been told it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And um, we senior citizens have paid into Social Security the whole time that we have worked, as did our employers. Yet that is given free to the illegals, which just I don't understand that. They've never paid into it. So they're freeloaders. And the other situation is Medicare. Um, What a lot of people do not know is that we on Social Security have to pay for our Medicare. It comes out of our checks, either that or. Yeah,
0: but that's that's just your premium. That's just your premium. It's so far upside down though Brenda. There's there's no, oh, no. way of uh, of getting around it. And the thing is, you know, we paid in, I've paid in. I look I look at my thing, you know, I paid in there's 100,000 I paid in like 125,000 on my side. The employer probably kicked in another 100 and a quarter, you know, the same thing, you know the way that is. It was all spent back then. It went out to existing people and, you know, Congress spent it back then. Even as you've been paying for, you know, you're retired right now, it's all gone. There is no there, there. There's only government bonds in there right now. That's just a call on current income and also the money coming in. So there is no savings account in there. I guess that's what I was uh, getting at. A lot of people don't know that. Did you?
4: Well, no, I I realize that. Okay. Um, but uh, another thing is that President George W. Bush borrowed 1.3. Seven trillion dollars out of social security to pay for the iraq war tax cuts for the wealthy and the financial bail out of 2008 and that money was never paid back to social security
0: well no there is there is no money paid back and there's bonds in there government bonds that's what the trust fund is government bonds Yeah. You know, and you're right it never was uh, paid back it will be paid out of Current tax revenue. <laughs> right. That's that's the way all all it is is a, is a special IOU, and uh, and these are bonds that are not marketed out there. I don't want to get off into the weeds on it right now, but you know, at some point, there is going to have to be the conversation uh, retirement age of sixty five, sixty six. I think my full retirement is an example of sixty seven and a half. You know, that's the uh, you know the longest for me. With people uh, living to be into their 80s and 90s right now, I I don't think you can have uh, a culture that's going to say you retire at 65 and you're going to be on uh, Social Security for 25 years. I just don't think it's, you know, uh, it it doesn't pencil financially. But no one can make that conversation right now because otherwise people get scared and then they fire the politician that even brings it up.
4: Well, I think that the, what they're doing is they're running down Social Security and Medicare from us seniors, and they're giving it free to the illegals. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I'm they not.
0: In, in, I'm not in favor of that either. I mean, don't get don't get me wrong. That's probably a small part of the problem, though. Ultimately, ultimately, okay. I appreciate the call, and um, yeah, I get it. I really do. Seven seven zero five six three three. John writes in this morning. Bentz gave every excuse why he can't get anything done. The Oregon dams will be removed on the Democrats' promise to fix the border. When it really counts, Bentz will do what the Democrats want him to do. Okay. All right, John, you're so smart. And I'm not here to defend Cliff Bentz, But this is the kind of talk that just irritates me to my core, John. You're so smart. How do you get something done with one or two votes? Please give me a detailed note, okay? Go ahead and and, and give me, a, you know, write into me and tell me, John, how you are going to magically take a one or two vote majority and you're going to get everything done. One half of one third of the government is controlled right now. The rest of it is not. And how are you going to perform that miracle and turn uh, congressional water into wine? I'd love to hear it. I try to be, uh, you know, reasonable in my comments on something like this. But I swear that we have many people that are enumerate that cannot conce- just the concept of math. One or two vote majority. Can you get even people at your Thanksgiving table or your dinner table to agree? Just a handful of people agree on everything. And then you try to get 215, 216, 217 to agree. Come on, man. To use a Biden uh, expression. Just-